Hey, before we jump into the podcast, just want to give a quick reminder, if you're new here to the Holistic Nootropics podcast, to please just take a quick second and subscribe to the podcast. It takes literally a second to do. Just hit the subscribe button right there in your podcast player. Also, if you want to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Now, if you're more of a visual person, you like to actually watch the podcast, you can actually do that over on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com, search Holistic Nootropics, You'll see our page pop up. Subscribe to that. Hit the little bell icon so you can get notified every single time new videos drop because we don't just do podcasts over there. We do product reviews. We do all kinds of nootropic and biohacking and holistic health topical videos. So go on over, check us out on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. And for all things nootropics, nutrition, and biohacking related, go on over to holisticnootropics.com. Okay, let's jump into the podcast. You're listening to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, your home for holistic, evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, where we discuss using nootropics, biohacking, and nutrition to help you boost your cognition. My name is Eric, and today we have Sean Wells. Sean is the world's leading nutritional biochemist and expert on health optimization. He has formulated over 500 supplements, food, beverages, and cosmeceuticals, and patented 10 novel ingredients, including teocrine, dynamine, and dihydroberberine, and is now known as the ingredientologist, the scientist of ingredients. And those are some awesome uh, nootropics, which we'll get into on this podcast. As a world-renowned thought leader on mitochondrial health, his insights have been prominently featured in documentaries and top health podcasts, while also being regularly invited to speak at major events around the world. His book, The Energy Formula, has been recognized by both USA Today and Forbes, as well as an Amazon bestseller in multiple categories. So, Sean, welcome to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast. Uh, thanks for having me on, Eric. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And I'm excited to chat with you about just all this health nerdy stuff that I love and we talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, but before we jump into the podcast, just want to mention that Sean is actually a featured speaker this year at the Biohacking Congress taking place in Miami, Florida, October 16th and 17th. This is a big deal because this is really the first big biohacking slash health and wellness conference that has happened in almost two years. So it's going to be definitely an event you don't want to miss. Now, it's pretty cool because here at the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, we have teamed up with the good folks over at the Biohacking Congress, and they have given us uh, given us a special deal on in-person tickets. I believe it's either $50 off or 50% off tickets. I have to double check that. Um, and if you want those tickets, all you got to do is email me, info at holisticnootropics.com. They've also given me a number of free tickets to attend the conference virtually, so you can watch the entire conference and watch amazing speakers like our guest, Sean, today from the comfort of your own home. If you want one of those free virtual tickets, just uh, go on over to Apple Podcasts and all you gotta do is leave a five-star review of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast. Take a screenshot of that, email it over to me over at info at holisticnootropics.com and I will shoot you over a free virtual ticket to the Biohacking Congress. Pretty sweet deal, I think, for all the good folks who want to uh, learn from people like yourself, uh, Mr. Wells. But don't do it virtually. Come to the conference, Miami. Come on now. Oh my God. Miami right now is just popping. You got to get there. For sure. For sure. It'll be a good time. We'll, we'll all hang out. We'll, we'll go have drinks in Miami. We'll all hang out. We won't talk about vaccinations at all. No. 
We won't mention anything. Um, no. Well, cool. Sean, you are in another uh, one of these uh, states that's wide open, Texas, and uh, you haven't always been there. And your journey to get to where you are now is very interesting. So maybe before we jump into all of the cool topics we want to talk about today, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you became uh, this ingredientologist and one of the world leaders at supplement formulations and, um, you know, thought leaders in this wellness and biohacking space. Yeah. Um, biochemistry has always interested in me. Uh, I had, uh, dreams of, uh, being a formulator, um, like back to being a, a child, really. Like when my mom was like, uh, she'd have like this tackle box of all the different supplements. And, you know, she sold this company Shackley, uh, that was from Europe. Like, uh, you know, I had a whole food multivitamin and a, and a big vitamin C and vitamin E and all these different things in the tackle box. And, uh, that was one of the, the things that really started me down that path of thinking of, the power of supplements to heal and be therapeutic, especially these ortho molecular doses. Um, and so I ended up getting my master's at UNC Chapel Hill in nutritional biochemistry, uh, becoming a registered dietitian and working for about 10 years clinically as a chief clinical dietitian in acute long-term care. Um, that really gave me like a, a patient centered focus especially when it came to healing different disease states, uh, working with pressure ulcers, you know, urinary tract infections, burn patients, cancer patients, cachexia, all kinds of things that were, you know, pretty serious conditions. And, and that got to, to challenge my brain and, and work with a cross-functional team uh, clinically. But, you know, all the while on my nights, weekends and vacations, I was, uh, you know, working on message boards, working with athletes, working with these companies to, you know, write their marketing pieces, working on small formulations, rarely ever getting paid. You know, sometimes I'd get some free supplements or something like that. And then I'd be going to these trade shows, uh, things like the Arnold and the Olympia and setting up booths and, um, you know, just kept going and growing from there, but I was literally working about 80 hours a week. I was working probably 50, 60 hours a week as a dietitian and, you know, running kitchens, running, you know, uh, the, the clinical side as well, like on the halls, but then, you know, also like in all my free time, I'd be just chasing this dream of being a, a formulator. And I eventually got on with Dimatize full-time uh, a sports nutrition company. They're number two in the world at, at making protein behind optimum nutrition who had been acquired from, uh, by Glambia. And the goal was to get Dimatize acquired. And we did in three years to post foods, but, uh, you know, Dimatize was in 70 countries, hundreds of products. Um, and it was just a massive company. And I got to be their director of R and D, uh, train under my mentor, Dr. Rob Wildman, who's, uh, incredibly accomplished, just academic research and, and, uh, media savvy and all that, that really just taught me the ropes. And then I got on with BioTrust, working with Josh and Joel, uh, that, you know, we went from zero to 150 million a year, direct to consumer in, uh, in about two years. Uh, it's a really, uh, a hell of a story. We had amazing products. They still do. I just, 
I'm now, uh, you know, doing my own thing with my company's own halo formulations where I formulate for companies. And then I also have a company that I, I have partners with called Ingenious Ingredients, where we patent novel ingredients. Uh, one partner owns a 400,000 square foot facility in China, uh, over 100 scientists, uh, GMP facility. We've created about 20 ingredients together. My two other partners are organic chemists that are good with um, intellectual property filing, um, uh, study design. Um, so that's that's like what what I do, what makes me money. But I've I've enjoyed also just educating people. Uh, and those are things that don't make me money, probably cost me money is like all my social media, the book, like just getting on stages uh, presenting at conferences, doing podcasts, doing radio shows, et cetera, being on TV, doing documentaries. Like it's all just stuff that I enjoy putting information out there, uh, educating people. So that's, I guess that's, that's what I do. That's who I am. And like you said, I've, I've actually patented about 15 ingredients now. Um, and yeah, I've done more than 500 products. Um, so yeah, I've done quite a bit of work in the industry and, uh, I've been doing this for about 20 years now. And that's an amazing journey. And you, you've definitely done, I mean, so much, you know, contributed so much to the, to the supplement industry. And, you know, you were saying a lot of what you do is the non-paid information stuff. And man, like being in the space, I can tell you, we need more educated voices because there's just so much noise. And even in the literature, you know, even in the when you start trying to research uh, a compound or, you know, a formula, you know, it, it, there just seems like there's not consistent information out there. Oh, 100 um, percent. And that's 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 what drives me crazy. That's what hurts me. Like when people are like, oh, supplements don't work. It's like, well, what supplement are you taking? Like, what, you know, what is it you're using and doing and. You know, that that's my first question, because, yeah, there's probably about 80 percent of the supplements out there are not good. And so that does frustrate me and that people are going to have experiences with supplements and have negative ones, um, you know, or even get sick, which really, really bothers me, uh, especially coming from my clinical background. So that is what I'm trying to do is explain what a good supplement is, tell them the ingredients that are efficacious and, and hopefully they can have a good experience and get healthier in the process. That's it's so crucial. Like what you're saying there, actually what we have on our website, on the homepage is we have a supplement buyer's guide, which is basically, you know, um, just a, a guide of ingredients to look out for in supplements because man, like people will look at the nutrition facts label and this goes for food. This goes for all of this stuff. And they'll look at, you know, how much fat does it have? How much proteins does it have? how much carbohydrates, how many calories. And then they miss that whole bottom part that says other ingredients. And in my opinion, that's the most important part of, you know, in, in our case, the supplements, because, you know, you think you're buying like a vitamin C formula or like a, a glutathione formula or something. And then you don't realize all the stuff that's encapsulated in it, all the flow agents, all the fillers, all the preservatives. I mean, I see canola oil in these supplements. And then you realize like this was probably sitting on a hot truck somewhere. So now you've completely denatured, you know, whatever oils are in there, whatever filler agents and, and people just completely take that for granted. 
No, that's, that's a phenomenal point. I, I love that. And as I agree to be mindful of all of it going in you and then, and, and what's the bottle that it's in and like, how is it, you know, what's the, the cap like, is there cotton in it? Is there desiccant in it? And like, you know, are those kind of things done? And to your point, like it, it costs extra money in terms of how it's shipped. Like when I was with Biotrust, like our products would be shipped on what's called a reefer truck, like a refrigerated truck if it was during the summer. And then we had a climate controlled uh, facility where these products were stored um, and then fulfilled. So, you know, those kinds of things are important, um, especially if you care about shelf life. And these products, by law, are supposed to test out for what is on the label at the end of the shelf life. So that means two years later, after it's been manufactured, it's supposed to still test out to that level. Mm. So that's why we took the time and concern to, you know, make sure that it's one, there's like overages because we've done what's called stability work and accelerated stability work to see how you know, these products age under heat, under moisture. And then we put in overages of certain ingredients that tend to degrade over time so that it will test out. And we know how these ingredients interact with each other. Sometimes there's chemical to chemical like interactions. And then, you know, we're taking concern in how it gets stored, how it gets transported, and then what it actually is in the bottle with. Again, like these desiccants, you know, and, and things like that. So, uh, having bottles that that won't let light in, et cetera. So those are all important steps so that these products work for the life of the product. And what you said too is like these these chemicals, they have certain effects with each other. So like a lot of times you'll you'll study a, a product and you're like, you know, whatever it is, vitamin D or um you know, B vitamins or whatever, and you'll do the research and go, Oh, vitamin D is good. Okay. So get some vitamin D, uh, you know, riboflavin, thiamine, those are good. So I'll get some of that. But then you get these like multivitamins or you get these, uh, like liver products or prostate products, or, you know, name your, name your product with X amount of compounds in there. These compounds probably have like a synergistic effect with each other where maybe they don't cancel each other out, but one might enhance one, one might cancel something out. So I feel like that's kind of a common thing you see so much. And in America, especially we have that that notion that, well, if something's good, more is better. So we just start piling on stuff. And it's interesting because lately I've just been hearing so much people turning their backs on things like multivitamins, you know, people really shunning the multivitamin world. I, I've developed a, a few multivitamins and I spent anywhere from like one to two years doing the studies, blending studies, looking at the input levels, looking at the forms, um, trying to get the right standardization of all these ingredients. And, and it is super like, like just having a product with like five ingredients is hard, but when you have like 20, 30 ingredients and they have to all be at these certain levels for the life of the product. And, you know, these ingredients interact with each other in certain ways, like um, you know, we'd have to look at like, okay, we're going to blend these so many ingredients and then we have to, um, you know, let the, the blender go for a little bit and then we can add some more. And then we have to, you know, add like some kind of drying agent and then let the blender go more and then add these ingredients. Like we were doing studies on just how we blend it is you can actually create like hot spots, what's called like where you 
have like too much of one ingredient and too little of another in certain parts of the blend. Like, uh, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. Literally spent years on a multi. It's not easy. Anyone who just says they, you know, they're going to put out a multi and puts out one in months. It's like, they're, they're not doing the work. It's super hard, but I agree with you. Like one of the things that I mentioned on my Instagram, uh, just recently on like buying, like, you know, how to buy a good supplement. One of the things I lean towards is, you know, maybe like three to six ingredients, like, and, you know, I, I think less is more, I don't like proprietary blends. I don't like a kitchen sink of ingredients. And a multi is kind of like an exception. And again, you can argue whether you should take one or not, but um, I like for the ingredients to have complementary mechanisms of action. So, you know, a lot of these products, let's say they're some blood sugar product or whatever, and they'll have 12 ingredients that have all been shown to impact blood sugar. Well, why are all 12 of those there? Mm -hmm. We should, we should know what each mechanism of action is that we want to impact, pick the best ingredient for that mechanism of action, and then put those ingredients together. So they have synergy. And it's probably not going to be 12 ingredients unless you have 12 mechanisms of action. So it's just, it's literally just marketing fluff to have all those ingredients in there and probably the wrong doses, or if they were all the effective doses, you're kind of overdosing. So, you know, it's either way, it doesn't make sense. Like the, what does make sense is using the effective dose per the studies and then having something else go a different mechanism of action that could be potentially in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally in line with what you're saying and coming from the nootropic space. Um, there's some nootropics products out there that, uh, I'm not going to name them, but you know, one in particular, I mean, they really do throw the kitchen sink and you have to take a lot of it. And I, you know, I hear mixed results. Um, you know, some people love products like that. Um, there's a couple products out there that I think are okay that, um, have far less, uh, um, ingredients in them, but it's kind of the same thing. Like how much choline and different forms of choline can you stuff in your brain? You know, like the choline product itself and then the col uh, acetylcholinesterase inhibitor, and then you top it oh, off. That, with that can get dangerous. Yeah. I mean, same with serotonin, same with dopamine, you know, like things like that. Like you don't want to have too much acetylcholine or um, you know, there definitely can be too much and you can be overstimulated. And like, for example, with serotonin, like it's called serotonin syndrome or serotonin six syndrome clinically. Like when you have like arrhythmia, tachycardia, you're overstimulated, you you're panicked. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh, diaphor diaphoresis, like where you kind of feel hot and cold and like it, it can be traumatic. Uh, to have serotonin syndrome. And it's, you know, it's the same with a number of these other neurotransmitters. You don't want to like go too, too much. And that's where like acetylcholine esterase inhibitors, uh, like cuprazine A, like that can be good to use here and there. Um, or things like that are um, SSRIs, like um, Zembrin, like from Kana, you know, things like that. Like it can be good from time to time. Um, like maybe if you have like some, you know, big exam or, you know, big event or whatever it is, like, then it's cool. But like chronically using these things is probably not ideal. 
Um, unless you're like someone that has like a neurodegenerative condition and you're doing this with a doctor, et cetera, you know? So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, we're, people forget, we're just, we're just like human chemistry labs, right? Like, and we all have like specific genes and SNPs and these things that we already have the blueprint set. And then you start throwing all these chemicals in there and you start messing with neurotransmitters, especially, I mean, things can go off the rails real quick. I see it all the time. Well, you know, and you bring up something, uh, you know, given your your specialty and, and your background, you know, of all the areas and supplements that I would say it makes the least amount of sense to have like a pre prescribed stack, like kind of like the I think I believe the product that you're talking about, like it's it's not ideal. Like when I started doing this 20 plus years ago, like you get on Reddit boards or message boards and, and everyone's stack was very different because everyone's brain chemistry is very different. Yes. We're all different across all of our systems, genetics, SNPs, all the things that you're mentioning, but not to the degree like neurochemistry wise, like, like that's a whole different ball game. To me, like where I see stacks are very different. And one thing that works for one person literally does not work for the next person. I've rarely seen someone's nootropic stack, like if it's pretty robust, work for someone else. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Like it's just, it's so different. Um, so like that's where like these guys like say, you know, like, yes, like, well, let's start with like your, you know, choline base, you know, it could be like using CDP or alpha GPC or both or whatever. And then like, let's, you know, add something from there, like maybe some race TAM or whatever. And then like, keep kind of stacking up and going, you know, one thing at a time, but like just getting some pre-made stack, um, you know, sometimes that can be too much. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. It can work, but um, it just seems to me that typically, um, you need to kind of work from the ground up with nootropics. I think you're right. And, and that's actually partially why I started this whole channel and website, because I see all of this happening in the nootropic space and in the biohacking space, people like people will go on these boards, whether it's Reddit, Facebook, whatever it is. And, you know, um, people who are new to these groups, and I run some of these groups. So I see all these posts, they go, Hey, what do you think of these? Sta- uh, what do you think of my stack? And yeah. I swear you have to hit continue reading like three times. Right. Cause it yeah. just goes and goes, it's like, dude, are you spending $500 a week on right. supplement? Like just, just do cocaine. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, right. uh, this is a bad habit. And at the end of the day, like they're not better. They're not, you know, they're not doing any like high level thinky stuff. Like I know people who are coders and who are working on these, you know, heavy duty brain intense crypto project. They're not taking any of that stuff. Right. So like, right. what are you doing in your life that need that you need all of that supplementation? That's probably working against you. Right. Exactly. And that, I mean, that's a great example. Like for example, going back to choline and acetylcholine specifically, I mean, yes, that's often the foundation of these nootropic stacks because you will burn through acetylcholine. I mean, yeah, choline gets used like in, in brain lipids and things like that, but mainly we're talking about acetylcholine, uh, the neurotransmitter. And yes, like when you're focused, when you're productive, like you're burning through it more. But the question is to your point, you know, how, just how neurologically active and productive are you day to day? And if you're someone that's 
you know, a Navy SEAL, like maybe you need X amount, but like, if you're someone that's just, you know, doing like day-to-day work, maybe you don't need that amount. And, you know, this can also vary like, you know, what you might need during the weekday might be different than the weekend. And that's where kind of playing around with this stuff and understanding your neurochemistry can be super helpful. And you probably know as like a dietitian who's worked with people that it's not the lack of, of supplements in a person's life that they're missing. It's probably more foundational health stuff, like, you know, their guts messed up metabolism. Um, you know, a lot of people have, uh, neurological issues from, I mean, trauma is a big one, but then like, you know, toxin exposure, chemical exposure, mold exposure. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this a bunch of times on the podcast, but when I started doing this great planes, uh, organic acid urine analysis, and mm. you could actually see like the things that are in people's urine, uh, especially the environmental toxin panel. And you start seeing all of these different toxic chemicals coming out. And you ask the person, like in my case, uh, I tested high for this, um, for this chemical that's found in fireworks and I'm living here in Puerto Rico and around holiday time, people shoot off fireworks all night, every day. And yeah, I'm just surrounded by it. Or if you live by a gas station, you urinate that chemical out, or there's like a chemical in, um, gym, uh, what is it? Like the, the rubber mats at gyms, you know? So a lot of times people just have these chemical burdens that, do like affect their brain health or the gut or something like this. So I, I would imagine someone who's worked with people directly, you probably see a lot of foundational issues like that. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, especially uh, clinically, I would see a lot of that stuff and, you know, you see it too late. I, I do like uh, what you're talking about, just being so proactive and uh, while you're healthy, starting to explore this stuff before it becomes degenerative, before it becomes uh, pathological with your disease state, you know, like getting it much earlier to realize, like I have an elevated level of X and that could lead to disease state. Like that's so much better to be proactive on that end. That's where I love like the, you know, functional medicine, integrative medicine, uh, where it's at right now. I work with Dr. Daniel Stickler in Austin and we work with peptides and we do brain mapping and, you know, breath and, and, um, and heart mapping. And it's just super cool to, to really explore all this stuff, but, you know, certainly look at SNPs and, and things like that and, and explore like what makes sense for me and what, what levels I'm working on so that the next time I check in with him and I do all of these tests that I see like, okay, we've resolved that one. Let's move on to this thing. You know, I, I, I do love that. I love the idea of being proactive with your health like that. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned the P word peptides, and this is an area that I, I really don't know much about. So can you maybe talk a little bit about peptides and, and why they're now becoming so popular and, and maybe even shine some light on a couple that you think are really exciting coming down the road here? Yeah, I think um, the peptides first off are just uh, amino acids um, at a certain length. Uh, a lot of these are um, anywhere from like five to 50 amino acids in length. Um, most of them, uh, have some biological activity and are signals that occur naturally. So they haven't, most of the peptides that are being sold can't be patented. And that really creates, um, a, a gray area, if you will, of like, these are not supplements 
They're not patentable drugs. They occur naturally, and but they they're not supplements. So they end up getting sold legally as research chemicals that you can give to your rodents legally or whatever. Uh, but obviously, people are using these, injecting these. Um, I am using them under the uh, uh, oversight and advisement of my doctor. There's very few doctors that are working with peptides, but there's a growing list um, of very high end, you know, functional medicine doctors like like Dr. Stickler. Uh, Dr. Neil Paulvin is a friend that works with them as well. Um, I'm working with Dr. Marcella Madera, who does uh, some really cool work with these new type of stem cells, V cells, and she does peptides. Um, so there are some, there are some out there. Uh, two of my favorites, um, I would say, are Dihexa and Cerebrolysin. Um, those are both going to uh, work to enhance brain functionality more from um, uh, creating new neurons by enhancing um, BDNF and NGF. Mm. Um, so uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, nerve growth factor, um, you know, that's keeping your brain young. That's going to be like, as we age, we get smarter and dumber. We get smarter by uh, crystallized intelligence. So, you know, uh, the type of thinking that um, you know, is the same task over and over and over. Basically, like it's uh, it's doing that same task. We're getting more efficient as at it as we age. So think of like taking the same way to work every day. Like we're we're getting more efficient at it. We can get like on autopilot. In that way, we're getting smarter. But as we age, we tend to be less smart in fluid or dynamic intelligence, which is the ability to learn new tasks. That's why it's important to, you know, literally like use your opposite hand to brush your teeth or your hair with, to put your belt on the opposite way, to, you know, put your pants or shoes on the opposite way, like, um, you know, to take a different way to work, to learn a new language, to learn a new instrument, to just keep challenging your brain, go to different restaurants, like, you know, put yourself in different groups of friends and it's important to keep challenging yourself or else that box will keep tightening. And in that way, you get smarter and smarter in one way, but you're you're losing this ability to be neuroplastic, to be uh, resilient uh, like you were when you were younger. And these compounds will help with that resiliency. One supplement that's super interesting, uh, that's actually more effective than injecting BDNF, this is this should blow your mind because this is just insane. More effective than injecting the actual protein BDNF is uh, 7,8-dihydroxyflavone at increasing BDNF levels. So this is a, a fairly new supplement. There's some uh, early like preliminary research, super fascinating. Like a lot of the polyphenols have been associated with BDNF, and that could be one of the ways that polyphenols and all these um, blue zone cultures seem to be impactful on anti-aging. Uh, like we see like chlorogenic acid and coffee, catechins with uh, cacao chocolate, uh, EGCG with green tea, resveratrol with red wine, um, 
squares it in with onions and apples, uh, apigenin with parsley. Like some of these compounds are, are really terastilbene with blueberries, really cool compounds. But these polyphenols are potently anti-aging on a number of fronts. Almost all of them affect BDNF. But there's one compound really interesting to be better than injectable BDNF. So yes, these peptides are super cool. Um, definitely worth looking into. Most peptides are injectable uh, because they get broken down um, in the digestive tract into their individual amino acid components. So you just you need to inject them. And some people are exploring transdermal, intranasal, other delivery pathways. But um, the most effective pathway for most of these peptides is going to be, um, you know, uh, injected like IM or IV, et cetera. So um, those are some compounds to look at. Uh, but the supplement is very interesting as well. And is that, uh, can somebody buy that? somewhere yeah. where, where would that be available? Um, you know, like there, there's a, there's a few companies like on Amazon and, and Google that, that are selling it like kind of nootropic type sites, hmm. but, uh, it's not like, I haven't seen like, you know, thorn or, you know, designs for health or standard process or now, or someone like selling a, a product like that yet. Um, but it is interesting. It's pretty new. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. What do you think of the anti-aging supplements? So like the NMN, the NR, um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, those, those are all going to try and boost NAD uh, levels. NAD um, is one of the most important compounds when it comes to mitochondrial health, um, to DNA staying young, if you will, uh, with methylation with DNA. So like, um, and it's really like, it's, it's part of that, that crank in the citric acid cycle, the Krebs cycle, um, is this ratio of NAD to NADH. And the more you can skew that towards higher NAD, the younger and more functional your mitochondria will be. Your mitochondria are at the core of cellular energy and youth essentially. The more mitochondrial dysfunction there is, the less cellular energy there is and the more disease there is because about 99% of disease is metabolic in nature. It's not genetic, it's metabolic in nature. There may be a genetic component to it, but it's largely metabolic. That's why like cancer is metabolic, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, coronary heart disease, these are all metabolic diseases. And they're all correlated to uh, metabolic dysfunction, like insulin resistance and et cetera. But at the core, you can also find mitochondrial dysfunction. That's why you see um, insufficient cellular energy states. It's called ice is in the research. And in the brain, it's called brain energy gap, but it's the same idea, like where there's not enough energy being produced and there's a shortfall. And over time that creates glycation, inflammation, oxidation, and then leads to disease states. And so having more functional mitochondria uh, is the idea. And so these oral supplements are supposed to boost NAD levels. Uh, but I would say the results are a, a little mixed. Um, you know, I, it, it seems like, you know, Dr. Peter Atia, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Dr. David Sinclair lean towards NMN. 
that's what I've been taking. NR, a lot of the research seems a little biased towards uh, the product uh, made by Chromadex. Um, I would say it's it's mixed, but here's the thing. Like, I would say the most interesting data I've seen at boosting um, NAD is the cheapest one. It's it's niacin. It actually, there's a study that showed that niacin, now I'll get to why niacin might have uh, some issues for you, but niacin boosted NAD levels eight times in the muscle in, in healthy males, wow. in adult males. So this is a, a pretty like profound finding. Now, I think that was a 500 milligram dose twice a day. That will definitely cause paresthesis, which is that tingling flush. It feels like you have a sunburn. It's intense for like 30 minutes. Some people hate it. I mean, it's not enjoyable by any means. So like you have to be ready for that. And I would say, uh, and I would also say that the non-flush versions like uh, nicotinamide or um, inositol hexanicotinate, um, those two versions are non-flush, but I don't think they work as well. So I would actually go for the flush version if you can handle it. And I would titrate up over time. I would start with like hundred milligrams and you'll still get the flush at hundred milligrams, but just start taking it throughout the day. And if you need to take it with a meal or something like that, and just start getting used to it with your body. But it does seem like niacin is a profound impactor. Now on the other side, while as we age, we make a lot less NAD, um, the other problem is we catabolize it, we break it down much faster. So we have higher levels of NADAs, the enzyme that breaks it down also called CD38. An interesting supplement to take there, that's an inhibitor of CD38, is there's a polyphenol called apigenin is the most powerful one that I know of. And it comes from um, uh, parsley. Quercetin can be good, but it has low bioavailability. So if you get like an optimized, like a liposomal quercetin or something, it might be good as well. Um, so those are some compounds to look at. Um, there is a compound that is a pharmaceutical that you can get from some of these peptide companies, um, that's called desatinib, mm. uh, that can help with that as well. But, um, you know, quercetin and apigenin, that's why they're called senolytics. Um, you know, they can work on that front, uh, for anti-aging. Um, so those are some ones to look into and then trying to think if there's any other uh, NAD boosters or uh, CD38 inhibitors that I know of, but those are, those are the big ones that are, that are potently anti-aging along these lines. I would say my most important anti-aging compound, because I just told you everything is metabolic in nature as far as disease state and biological versus chronological aging is going to be, uh, metformin, berberine, dihydroberberine. Uh, I, full disclosure, I have like patents and work that I've done on dihydroberberine, but metformin is a drug that's been used for, um, I think since the 1920s. It's a glucose disposal agent 
um, as one of the most studied compounds out there, but it works on this AMPK, AMP kinase pathway. Potently anti-aging. One of the ways that we age is uh, advanced glycation end products, ages literally is the acronym. Um, berberine is essentially the herbal equivalent of metformin. And berberine has actually been shown to be uh, more potent than metformin. And metformin, by the way, already has a study right now with over 10,000 people just looking at anti-aging, not diabetes, anti-aging, even in healthy people. And what we see with dihydroberberine is it solves some of the problems of metformin and berberine that it's about five times more bioavailable. Um, sometimes there's bioavailable uh, bioavailability issues with berberine. Certain people don't metabolize it well. Some people have GI distress on metformin or berberine. So dihydroberberine solves that. It's about um, twice as active in the plasma, meaning it lasts longer and you have to take it less frequently. Um, and it's just, it's, it's solving a, a number of these fronts where we're, we're aging. It seems to improve uh, CRP, hemoglobin A1C, oxidized LDL, uh, you know, age with DNA methylation. So like almost all the, the factors that we know of and some people have thought metformin berberine uh, may have a negative impact on the mitochondria. But what we see when we see correct dosing um, across all of these people, all of these studies that we've seen is all this anti-aging. And we think that it's actually at these doses, mitochondrial hormesis, like where it's challenging the mitochondria, yes, but it's actually like taking them to the gym and making them stronger. Now, if you were to go way above the dosing recommended, maybe it would actually have a counterproductive effect. But at the doses we've seen that we're studying that are recommended in any of those compounds, it is an anti-aging effect and seems to improve mitochondrial health. And would dihydroberberine work in um, in a stack with other blood sugar or uh, glucose disposal agents, like for instance, there's a, a product out there called uh, Blood Sugar Breakthrough from By Optimizers. Um, I interviewed the owner Wade. I'm sure you you know Wade, and um, you know we were talking about that product. And in that product, you have dihydroberberine, you have chromium, you have bitter melon, uh, cinnamon. Um, I think alpha lipoic acid. So they have a, a couple things going there. Um, yeah, those are all, those are essentially all different. Like I was saying, complementary. like each of those are kind of working on different pathways. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And the AMPK pathway is, is really fascinating because, you know, I have been looking at the space and, you know, people talk about these different anti-aging supplements and I'd be like, man, those, those really sound like blood sugar control agents, but the way you just stated it, actually makes a lot of sense because what you're doing is you're, you're eliminating, you're, you're boosting metabolism, you're eliminating advanced glycation end products. And of course that's going to maintain the integrity of cellular health, boost the mitochondria, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So where do you think, uh, liver health fits into that? Because, um, you know, you were talking about niacin and I take this B vitamin product, um, that has some niacin. I don't know exactly how much, uh, but when I pair that with like a phosphatidylcholine or sunflower lecithin, I get this insane flush 
And so I'm wondering if it has something to do with like an interplay of uh, like liver health or, or something's happening there. Um, what could be happening is like, you're actually liposomally <laughs> protecting, like that's essentially what a liposome is. Like, so you could actually be like spherically protecting some of these compounds and enhancing their delivery. Yeah. I mean, both, um, gastrointestinal and, and liver, um, detoxification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And then where do you think, uh, cause I've been uh, researching astragalus and I know that mm-hmm. has, uh, I can't remember. It's like CD 60 or something like that. Um, CA 65. CA 65. Yeah. And, uh, and so I know some, uh, there's a company out there, TA 65. Yeah. They they've isolated the TA 65 agent, but the, I've seen some studies where the astragalus root actually outperformed the TA 65, um, right. isolate itself. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's the case with a lot of this stuff, like, you know, as a formulator, I can appreciate the the complementary mechanisms of action that nature has. And we see that right with the cannabinoids that, that uh, CBD or THC by themselves really aren't that effective. There's an entourage effect when you put them together of the, the flavones and the um, terpenes and the, these different uh, uh, cannabinoids that they have an entourage effect when put together. Um, a great example of this is you just look at green tea and some people think, oh, well, you know, you take the caffeine out of the green tea and caffeine's the compound, but green tea also has EGCG, which is a polyphenol that can enhance blood flow. Uh, you also have theanine, which is an amino acid that uh, has a relaxing effect, the tonic effect. And so you put the, the compounds together and there's studies that show synergy with theanine and caffeine, that it kind of smooths out the effect that enhances productivity. And then probably even more so with that EGCG, like nature has like this ultimate formulation, if you will. So, I mean, I think you see that a lot that like when we isolate out these compounds, they're patentable. Um, their intellectual property that can be studied and, and scientifically validated, but there's certainly an argument for a holistic approach where you're using, uh, the whole plant for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the entourage effect, it's so, um, and it's funny because like when you, when you look up studies on TA 65 and it's like, uh, you know, you go down the conclusion, it's like TA 65 significantly enhanced this and that, but then you look down at the funding and it's funded by the company that makes the TA 65, which, which I know doesn't automatically rule it out. But I mean, anybody right. with a skeptical eye will certainly think twice, but, um, I'm wondering what you think about the probiotic market, because, uh, it's a, it's a fast growing market. You know, the gut brain, the gut is such a integral part of, overall holistic health, functional medicine, a lot of probiotics out there. You know, what do you think is happening um, right now in that market? Yeah, super fascinating. Um, And I would largely say that most probiotics are not worth taking. This is going to be super controversial, but this is what I see. and And I'll explain why. I think it's actually better to take prebiotics these short chain fibers that will enhance and fuel the gut bacteria that's already in you. And I think it's also effective to take postbiotics, a new term for the short chain fatty acids 
like butyrate, especially butyric acid, C4, uh, a four carbon short chain fatty acid. That is what these probiotics end up making in the gut. And so you've got the fuel for, for probiotics and you've got the product that probiotics make, which is these short chain fibers, things like FOS, GOS, you know, et cetera. And then you've got these uh, short chain fatty acids, in particular butyrate, that are going to fuel gut health. Now, gut brain access, definitely. Uh, we see leaky gut and we see leaky brain. We see uh, the majority of these neurotransmitters actually in the gut over the brain. Um, so when we see gut dysfunction and we see low levels of these neurotransmitters in the gut, we see that uh, manifested further in the brain. So when there's depression, uh, when there's anxiety, when there's mood disorders, when there's Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, et cetera, we see a lot of that going on in the gut. There definitely is an interplay between the two. Now, probiotics, I would say there's just so much bacteria. To add bacteria into the mix and think you're really moving the needle, I just feel like it's tough. And, and when your body is constantly flexing around the bacteria it's choosing to keep you resilient based on the bacteria you're exposed to. This is why I love the idea of like us being out in nature, us digging in the soil, us hugging each other, us traveling, going out to restaurants. Yes. Using, you know, touching doorknobs. Yes. Eating food off the floor. Yes. Being around people that are sneezing and coughing as long as you're fairly healthy at that moment. Now, if you're immunocompromised, everything changes. That's when we can get into some of the other things that people are arguing about at the moment. Some of those things I feel can make sense when you're immunocompromised. When you're healthy and resilient, you need to be taking your immune system to the gym. You're about 10x more bacteria than you are human cells. So bacteria is more you than you are you, if that makes sense. So it's important to challenge that bacteria, to let that bacteria flex and become different strains as you change your environments, as you change your moods, as you change the people that you're around, as you get out in the dirt or as the seasons change or whatever. You're, this bacteria is smart and survives. And I like for it to be dynamic. So I'd rather give it the tools like the prebiotics and I would rather uh, give it the fuel in the postbiotics. And yes, there is some data here and there on probiotics, but it's hard for, to keep them alive. It's hard to find the right strains. It's hard to get really validated data because there is so much flux and flex with these uh, uh, bacteria that I just, it's not compelling enough right now. I haven't seen many compelling studies as of yet. Do I think the gut is super important? Absolutely. And there's a really good study um, that recently came out on um, fiber, a high fiber diet versus a high fermented food diet. And the fermented food diet had much better outcomes with health, with mood, with outcomes, than uh, than did the fiber. So, I mean, that, that goes back to this idea of 
these short chain fatty acids. Um, so having more like vinegar, which is the shortest chain fatty acid, acetic acid, acetate, um, you know, stuff like that is helpful for the gut. So that's, that's just where I come from on it. Um, you know, hopefully no one freaks out, you know, I'm not saying probiotics are bad and, and I've recommended probiotics. Uh, there's certain products that I've taken that I've seen decent effects from, but it's just not overwhelmingly compelling enough. And this is just where I'm starting to land on the probiotic thing. And I also think there's another layer to it, which is like the whole delivery system of the mm -hmm. probiotic, which, yeah. you know, it doesn't seem like a lot of companies have figured out. Exactly. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, like digestive bitters. I don't know if, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, mess with those yeah, at I all or, yeah. 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 Yes. I actually, uh, I made my own. <laughs> it's just like so wild to like, you know, sit there with these herbs, I'm like crushing them with my hands and like soaking mm -hmm. them with like rum. I'm like leaving Costco with like four bottles of, you know, giant things of rum. They're like, Oh, someone's going to have a good weekend. I'm like, yeah, baby, that's all about digestion. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think it's such an underappreciated part of, uh, of this idea of like gut health that really, I, I think takes kind of a more advanced look at holistic health, which is like, the absorption of food in the first place that I think has got to be number one, when we're, when we're talking about like, how do we improve the gut? Like you can't just fix your life with probiotics, the bitters, the hydrochloric acid or the betaine HCL, whatever it is. Um, you know, actually helping you digest the food in the first place, I think makes all the difference once you start getting there and then you, then you give your gut a little bit more relief and then maybe you can start messing with different probiotics. Yeah. It's really interesting when you travel to some of these older cultures, like in these blue zones, like I've spent time in Sardinia and they do, they literally call their like post meal alcohol drink, a digestive mm. and they'll be like spiced drinks that you're talking about like the or there'll be like a licorice like which is anise you know or something like that like and it literally helps you digest your food and and feel better because like a lot of these cultures they might just eat once a day and it's a big meal with you know 10 rounds of you know tapas you know like where you have multiple uh choruses right they might be small plates but you have multiple choruses and that'll help you feel better. It'll help you digest your food and yes, give you a little bit of alcohol, but like that's uh, it's funny that I've, I've seen that across many older cultures is that they, they have that in common. They have like these digestive um, you know, kind of little shots like that they'll have at the end of the meal. Yeah. It's so, it's just so funny. Like we, we tend to overcomplicate these things sometimes, but you know, like when you look at these more ancient cultures, it's just crazy how much they figured out before a hundred years ago. And then now we're just like the ancestral health movement. We're starting to like readopt those, those, uh, those practices. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Sean, this has been super interesting. Uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us here today. Um, you know, I, I feel like we just barely scratched the surface on all the things I want to talk about. And you even answered some questions I didn't even know I had. So this has been fantastic. Um, cool. For anybody who wants to keep up with you, I know you have, uh, you know, you got a book out, you have tons of appearances you make, you got a really good social media presence. Where, where should, uh, where would you send some of the listeners and viewers to go learn more about you? 
Yeah, for the book, energyformula.com, um, you can listen to and read the first two chapters there. I've recorded it myself with Audible, um, so it's my voice. Um, but there's also a bunch of extras there. There's a, a, a pre-chapter on natural movement, ancestral movement, like you were just talking about. There's um, a recipe book, there's some Q&As, there's a fasting for energy guide, all that stuff free if you go to energyformula.com. And then uh, seanwells.com, I have a great newsletter that I send out every week with tons of this cool data. I don't sell anything in it. It's just free information. And then same at my Instagram, uh, which is just at seanwells, uh, S-H-A-W-N. W-E-L-L-S. And yeah, I'd appreciate uh, jumping in there and and following me and, and supporting and, and I'll support you. I answer all my DMs. Uh, if anyone has any questions from this show, uh, I would love to answer them and, and help you out. For sure. And I'll link all that in the show notes uh, when we get this all posted and definitely follow Sean, you know, get, make your social media smarter. That's all I got to say to people, like get rid of all the junk, all the noise, like follow people like Sean, you know, cause you know, like you'll be sitting there, you'll be on the toilet, you'll be scrolling through Instagram and you might get a little tidbit about uh, a supplement to take and then worry about it and you feel better. And look, you that's, just that's made such a great point. I, you know, a, a few years back, I changed up all my social media to be like that. Like people talk about how much social media sucks. I'm like, for me, it's great. I just get all this great data and inspirational stuff, but I got rid of all the people that were talking negative, that were talking, you know, politics and religion and arguing and, you know, whining and complaining. And I just got science and motivation on mine and that's it. And so I feel good when I get on my social media. Yeah. And then you have, a, you have intellectual arguments instead of just like nonsense name calling. Exactly. Exactly. That's, there we go. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. Listener, viewer, go follow Sean. And for more all these notes uh, for more on Holistic Nootropics and all the notes from the show, head on over to holisticnootropics.com. Otherwise, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening. For more brain-boosting info, in-depth articles, and show notes, check out holisticnootropics.com.